Welcome to Cranford Radio. Today we're going to be talking about an event that's coming up on Saturday, October 15th at Nomahegan Park. It is the Walk for Wellness and Recovery. And I'm joined by Richard Brown, who is the CEO of Monarch Housing Associates, which is located here in Cranford, and also Laverne Williams, who is the director of the Pews, promoting emotional wellness and spirituality programs for the Mental Health Association in New Jersey. She also serves on the board of Monarch Housing Associates. Laverne, Richard, thank you very much for joining me today. Why don't we start off, Richard, talking a little bit about Monarch Housing Associates. Folks who park in the uh, parking lot off of Milne Street may have seen the storefront, so to speak, but they may not be familiar with the organization. Tell me a little bit about it, if you would, please. Monarch is a 25-year-old nonprofit. We work statewide to uh, help build permanent housing for people with disabilities, all disabilities. We also work to uh, in homelessness in 17 of the 21 counties in New Jersey. And we also do some public policy work to help increase resources to help build housing and services for people with disabilities. We're very much committed, and a core principle of ours is wellness and recovery. Um, if you need a place to call home in order to achieve wellness and recovery, and that's kind of where we are. We're partnering with the Mental Health Association because we were founded by them in 1990, which was not that long ago. And uh, we've always had a very positive relationship with um, with them, and we see this as a great opportunity to do something exciting in Cranford. Ellen Vern, why don't you tell me a little bit about Mental Health Association in New Jersey and the programs that you're involved with in particular. Okay, well, the Mental Health Association in New Jersey, we advocate so that adults and children can have a better way of life in terms of emotional wellness. Um, I've been there since 1985, and my main focus is to focus on the communities of color, particularly in faith communities who are at risk of or having mental illness. Um, We do education, we do advocacy, we have a call in line, we have a lot of community presentations that we provide to educate persons about um, those who are are ill and how to stay well. Uh, Again, our big proponent is always to have um, health and wellness and recovery. Because unfortunately, the way people look at mental illness, they don't see it as a disease like heart disease or cancer or diabetes. They see it as something differently because of some, unfortunately, the heinous crimes that some people commit, like pushing somebody in front of a train. Uh, and that's not the normal person who has, may have some emotional challenges. So we educate people because I, we know that people are afraid of what they don't understand. And once we give education and learning, uh, people are more comfortable to, be, uh, to help those who are at risk of or have a mental illness. Now, you both have been involved with mental health in New Jersey for quite a number of years. I imagine over that time you've seen some changes uh, in terms of care, in terms of government support, and in other ways. Tell me, Laverne, a little bit about some of those changes that you've experienced. When I used to go out to health fairs, all the vendors were out there, mental health, you put a sign up, no one comes over to get information. I can say within the last seven years or so, people either come up and get information and, and they ask questions before I would have to maybe step away from the booth and then they would come, you know, take it and put it in their pocket. But now they do ask questions. So I know because of the education that we provide, um, we try to normalize it like any other disease and people are beginning to ask questions so that people can get a fair shake. And I'm hoping that what we do is to have persons more comfortable with persons who have have emotional challenges. Richard, in terms of what you do in terms of finding, creating, supporting housing for people who are in need, that mission has also changed over the years. Initially, I believe it was 
for those who had mental health issues, but now it's that mission has grown, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Originally, we were creating housing for people being discharged from hospitals. Um, in 1990, that was a major issue. Uh, now we're serving people, again, of all disabilities, not just the mentally ill, uh, but also people with substance abuse, developmental disabilities, visually impaired. Um, but we also work very um, actively now with people who are homeless or have been homeless or at risk of being homeless. Uh, so it's a different kind of population. But again, in all of those scenarios from day one till now, it really is having that place to call home that makes a difference. We are now seeing that resources are not as um, plentiful as they were even five, six years ago. So we're not able to do as much as we did, but we're still continuing to do what we can because we believe in the, in the concept of a place to call home for everyone. You mentioned that the resources aren't there the same way they were maybe five or six years ago, but I imagine the need has grown even larger, hasn't it? Oh, the need has continued to grow um, much faster than the resource base. Um, we're seeing a lot more people, as Laverne was saying, who may not have wanted to talk about mental illness six or seven years ago or ask for help who are now reaching out and looking for help. And unfortunately, in New Jersey, we have an opiate crisis. People are taking more uh, drugs and using them. Um, and we really need to, to, to slow that process and turn the, turn the process back around. And the only way to do that is, to, is through wellness and recovery and getting a place to call home. So the needs have actually increased dramatically. Uh, and the number of people who are homeless are staying much the same. We're making progress, but they're still there. And we need to find a way to bring them all in from the cold. They are our brothers and sisters and our nieces and nephews, and we need to give them a place to call home. That's what makes a healthy society is that we all have a place to call home, and we can all progress together and build a healthy community. As far as housing goes, the homeless, many people who maybe aren't involved with it on a regular basis, might see it primarily as an urban issue, but it's bigger than that, isn't it? Oh, yes. The, the homeless are everywhere in all parts of the state and uh, rural areas, suburban areas, urban areas. Many people think of it as only an urban one because that's often where the services are, where the shelters are, or the programs. But people migrate from wherever to go to where the services are. But you often find people in areas that you at least expect. Uh, Laverne and I are working on another project in which we'd be doing a... Um, a homeless Sabbath, um, the week before um, Christmas, in all congregations, not just uh, on Sunday, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I was actually speaking with uh, a pastor and a church in one of the wealthier uh, towns in the county, and he mentioned that they do a, a food drive, and people keep asking, you know, what not this wonderful doing this food to help people in the poor areas? He says, no, this is food for the people in our town because we have people in need, and many of them are obviously potentially at risk of becoming homeless. If, they're, if they need food help, they may not be able to pay the rent or the mortgage, and so it's, it's everywhere. It's not just an urban area. Laverne, with the work that you're doing with religious communities, houses of worship, you had mentioned that a lot of the outreach, I guess, uh, involves urban congregations, but is it also involving suburban and rural congregations as well? 
Um, it's everywhere. Um, I have been all over the state in different states uh, promoting the Pews program. Uh, pastors are just sometimes incredulous. Are you kidding me? They, they didn't even know a service was out there. And But on the flip side of that, a lot of clergy, because psychology is not a very large part of the seminary curriculum, Unfortunately, a lot of clergy are not the best equipped person sometimes to educate their congregants about uh, emotional wellness. And so educating the uh, clergy, educating the usher boards, the ministries of the church, the deacon boards, um, so that they know that the person they're sitting next to on Sunday morning or Saturday, if that's when you worship, if they're crying or they just really look upset, sometimes it's much more than just maybe feeling spiritual. It may be some challenges that they're feeling, having at home, but they're not equipped or feel safe enough to talk about. So educating the communities is is going gangbusters. Um, I started the program in uh, 05. Uh, the Mental Health Association launched a video. It's called entitled Anything But Crazy, African-American Spirituality and Emotional Wellness. And even though it started in the African-American community, I kept getting calls. We also have a replica of the Pews program in the synagogue in Livingston. So it's everywhere. And uh, faith leaders, I'm proud to say, are beginning to come and ask questions and wanting to know more about their congregants so that they can be healthy spiritually and emotionally. Those who are listening to this who are involved in their congregations, either as a member of the staff, the clergy, or simply as a member of a congregation, what are some of the ways that they can become involved and assist? They can call the Mental Health Association in New Jersey. Uh, we have our website, www.mhanj.org. I would really encourage them to look around our website to see what we do. And then they can contact myself, Laverne Williams, at uh, the Pews program, and I'll uh, get back to them and see what kind of information they're looking for. You may have con uh, congregations who have more elderly, so they want to know about maybe um, the correlation between mental health and dementia. Um, they may want to talk about some congregants have more uh, single parenting, so whatever issues they're challenged with. And so we're trying to do a needs assessment, figuring out what it is that they would like, and we can provide the training. Uh, we also have a fantastic troop called the Mental Health Players, and they do skits based on what communities need. For example, it might be the staff of a nursing home and training them to how to even treat um, some of their clients' relatives what that's about, or they'll go out to to a self-help group and educate staff about what to look for, but they make it funny, they make it real, and, and people really take away a lot from that as opposed to sometimes a, a, a lecture. It's a, it's, a, it's a skit that hits home, and it's, it's real to everybody who's watching it. As we mentioned at the top of the program, coming up on Saturday, October 15th, is the Walk for Wellness and Recovery. It's going to be held here in Cranford at Nomahegan Park. Richard, could you tell me a little bit more what's involved with that, if you would, please? You can register online between now and the end of the day Friday. It's only $25 to register. Um, if you don't make the registration in time, and both of our websites, both the Mental Health Association and Monarch, have links to register. If not, you can register starting at 8.30 on Saturday morning at the park. Um, it'll be $30 then. Uh, 9.30, we have an opening ceremony, and 10 o'clock, the walk starts. We have um, worked with local business uh, leaders in the community to help support this. Um, we'll have coffee in the morning before you walk, and we'll have chocolate milk from dryers in the after you walk, so you get the best of both worlds if you need both. Um, and it'll be a good opportunity for people to be together to talk about and support the concept of wellness and recovery um, 
for for themselves, for their neighbors, for family members, and we think it's going to be a great day. It's going to be perfect weather. It's a good day to come out and walk with us. And we should mention that that coffee is going to be provided by the Gourmet Deli here in Cranford, in addition to that chocolate milk from Dryer Farms that's also going to be available at the end of the walk. Laverne, uh, the uh, Mental Health Association in New Jersey has been involved with this walk for a number of years. This is the first time that it's being held in Cranford. How has the walk changed over the years? People are getting really excited about it, and more and more come. So each year we have more and more people involved. We have different uh, venues come, but we also have face painting and other fun things. for us. So it's really a family-oriented um, event. People can also bring their dogs. So it's just a wonderful day. I've seen it change mainly because of the interest people have in the Mental Health Association and what we're doing for um, wellness and recovery. And there's one other organization in addition to both of yours that's also going to be involved with the walk, isn't it? We're also working. This is a three-party group doing this. It's also the uh, National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, their New Jersey chapter. So it's all three of us because there's clearly a connection for wellness and recovery for both people with a mental illness and people who may have a substance abuse or have both together. And we really want to, you know, encourage people to come out and walk with us and support each other and have a wonderful day in the park on, on Saturday. And we should mention that if, in case you missed getting and writing down any of the links that were mentioned during the interview, those are available here on the podcast page. So you can simply click on those to go to get more information on both organizations as well as the walk. Again, we've been talking with Richard Brown, the CEO of Monarch Housing Associates here in Cranford, as well as Laverne Williams, who is the director of the PEWS, which stands for Promoting Emotional Wellness and Spirituality Programs for the Mental Health Association in New Jersey. Thank you very much for being part of the show today. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much.